In 2009, Maggie Lee got a free margarita that changed her life. She was in her early 20s, a recent college grad, and she was looking to break into the Austin music scene. And that night, she was hanging out around food trucks on East 6th Street, where late night parties were a regular occurrence. It had this free-spirited, anything goes, you know, you could just be yourself and, and sit outside, open air kind of feeling. She stepped up to a food truck called Cheer Up Charlie's, and suddenly, a woman inside was placing a free pineapple margarita into her hands. She has like a very tiny voice, so she's like, here you go, here's a little pineapple margarita. And like, not only was her voice tiny, but I actually couldn't see her face. I could only see her from the neck down. That voice belonged to Tamara Hoover, a musician about 10 years older than Maggie. And Maggie didn't know it then, but Tamara would become Maggie's partner in life and eventually in business. Just even getting a sense of her without really seeing what she looked like, she emanated this quality of that she cared more about the gathering, the people, more than turning a profit. She cared more about the people than turning a profit. Maggie's first impression of Tamara says so much about the queer space they would eventually create together. Welcome to Business Curious, a podcast by GoDaddy about LGBTQ entrepreneurs and their journeys from passion to purpose. I'm Scott Shigeoka. 2020 was a tough year for a lot of small business owners, but restaurants and bars were especially hard hit. By December 2020, more than 110,000 eating and drinking spots in the United States were closed. Closed temporarily or closed for good. And that whole time, the fate of Cheer Up Charlie's hung in the balance. Maggie and Tamara struggled to get loans and even had to sell their car to make ends meet. Their story has a happy ending, but to get there, we have to start at the beginning. Within months of that first pineapple margarita, Maggie and Tamara were dating. And not long after that, Cheer Up Charlie's became a bona fide brick and mortar bar. To make this transition, though, Tamara needed help. And so Maggie came on to book bands and plan events. And Cheer Ups quickly became one of Austin's best little queer hangouts. I spent so many nights there, honestly, and it started, it'd be like, I want to wipe this table because there's beer all over it. And sure, I'll take out the trash. And so. I don't know. As I was booking events, I just got more and more into the bar side of it and the operation side of it. Cheer Up Charlie's was where you had your birthday party and got your tarot cards read while the band Mom Jeans played a set. If you wanted to reenact the Home Alone movie with your dance group, you could. If you want to host an 80s aerobic-style dance party, you could do it at Cheer Up Charlie's. Anything was possible. And some nights you could catch a glimpse of queer artists like John Cameron Mitchell or Christine. It was magical. And yet, they didn't always break even. Maggie and Tamara wanted to do the most for their community, but sometimes that meant losing money. They thought that if they gave back to their customers, it would all work out in the end. There have been times that we could have pivoted and maybe moved into more of like a, we're a bar hospitality group. We're CEOs of, you know, but but we were never really that into that stuff. And we just both came from an angle of like, look, we love people. We love friendship. We love community. And I guess that outweighed the money stuff. People really like and love that 
they get to feel like themselves at our space and that we allow folks to start just from wherever they're at. After 10 years of being in the business, Maggie was feeling good about life. Everything seemed to be on track. Cheer Up Charlie's was having their best year ever financially, and Maggie vividly remembers the joy she felt during Pride Weekend in 2019. Overall, the music that usually is pumping, really the bass is pumping, of course, and there's lights moving. But like over all of that, over like the glasses that are clinking and people sharing stories and the buzz of like the sound of people's voices, over all of that, I actually see the smiles. It's, it's crazy. Like that's what you see when you look out into the crowd. People are really expressing joy, you know, and like you can't express joy if you don't feel completely free. Pride that year was a peak moment for Maggie, but everything was about to get a lot harder. Months before, she had found a lump in her breast. She didn't have health insurance, and setting up a mammogram can be a confusing and overwhelming process. So she put it off. I felt like a pretty healthy person. I eat only organic foods. I cut out a lot of sugar. So I don't know. I was just like, I'm fine, I guess. I just stayed busy. And the lump got bigger by the time it was you know, late June. I was like, well, something is strange. She finally got herself to the doctor. Then one day in July, she got a phone call. The woman on the phone asked her if she was sitting down. I was in shock. It took her saying, like, we found cancer in your breast for me to be like, oh, wow. Oh, my God. And uh, those words, like, I will never forget the impact. And I will just never forget how how shocked I was. It just I was like, oh, OK. Maggie had an aggressive type of cancer. But again, she had no health insurance. It was $14,000 out of pocket just to see the oncologist. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to run this race. I mean, this is, I don't have the money to do this. This was the Cheer Up community's chance to give back to Maggie and Tamara. They set up a GoFundMe page for her treatment, and they were able to raise over $30,000. It made me feel really seen as far as how I relate to people and how people relate to me. The GoFundMe paid for the first portion of Maggie's bills. Then Cheer Up Charlie set up a group health insurance plan for Maggie and for the rest of their employees. Cheer Up Charlie saved my life. I don't know, if we didn't have the group insurance option for the business, I actually wasn't going to be able to get insurance. The rate of it coming back for women under 40 is a little higher than women over 45. So, you know, I think about it probably daily. It just kind of becomes part of your life where you think about the possibility of having cancer again and the possibility of dying young. Um, I think it has made me live in a way where I try not to take anything for granted. Maggie started treatment, chemo, and surgery. And after her surgery, there was no sign of cancer in her body. Her insurance eventually paid out $1.8 million for her treatment. Maggie heard her nurses talking about a new extra contagious virus. So she was mildly aware of it, but she was focused on getting ready to head back to work. It was a big time of year for the bar. 
The South by Southwest Festival was coming up in March, and it's always a very busy time for cheer-ups and the entire city. The year before, during the 2019 festival, South by brought $355 million to city businesses. And according to the festival itself, it is the single most profitable event for Austin's hospitality industry. But the coronavirus had other plans. When the festival was canceled on March 6, a week before it was set to start, chaos set in. Cheer-ups stayed open and tried to make it work over the next two weeks. Because we were supposed to have South by, tons of product was donated to us. One of those products was called Liquid Death, and it was these tall boy cans of water. There's a skull face melting on it. So we were left with like 30 cases. As Liquid Death sat in vats of melting ice, the normal festival crowds did not materialize. The bouncer wouldn't even touch the IDs of the people who did show up. And over on the dance floor, one patron with a morbid sense of humor was creating a bizarre scene. This guy was dancing by himself in a hazmat suit. Uh, all the lights were, were reflecting off of his white hazmat suit. It was so funny. And the water, the death water, um, the fact that there was really no one there and the folks who were there were definitely sweaty. Um, and, and sweating felt really scary because we were like, germs, people, what's going on? We were all just like, wow, it's time to just close early. So I think we closed that night at midnight. When the bars were ordered to close on March 19th, everyone thought they'd be back in two months. But the pandemic stretched on and on. Maggie found herself hanging out at the bar alone some nights, flushing the toilets just to keep things moving. You know, when you leave a space unused, you start to be like, wow, all these lights are just on, but there's nothing. There's It's silent. I kind of had a stark realization about how important the people are. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to like give away all the credit, but I noticed during the pandemic that we were really nothing without our community infusing our space with you know what each of them was really good at, and their talents and their artwork and their creativity and their stories. Bars in Texas were allowed to reopen in May, then shut down again in June as the virus spread. Then in October, they were allowed to fully open at their discretion, but cheer-ups wasn't ready. Maggie and Tamara felt lost. The pandemic had drained them financially, and they had no idea what the future would hold. They were far from the memory of what made Cheer Up Charlie so special, and they thought maybe it was time to close for good. Their customers thought differently. We had so many folks tell us, like, that they had been waiting for this place to open. People were like, I'm going to cry when I'm there. I wasn't really sure how we were going to reopen this place. It feels like it's been empty just a little too long. <laughs> Maggie wondered what reopening would look like for Cheer Up Charlie's and for her to come back after an existential crisis. I had just had a near-death experience um, with cancer. I was very sensitive to, like, all death experiences, right? And even when we don't permanently die, like all these things being shut down, they were all death experiences and for all of us. And that's why, I guess that's why I'm calling it a rebirth. <laughs> Maggie wanted to bring back the magic that Cheer Ups had always been known for. But this time around, she wanted that magic to be healing. We really want the space to be a place where people can 
feel whatever they need to feel. I think we can't go back and do things the way that they used to be as much as any of us really want to feel nostalgic and have these memories like come to life again. It's just like, we're all just different now. Our brains are maybe even different. So there is no way to go back. (laughs) I think we've all just gone really, really far away. We have to recreate everything. The one-two punch of cancer and the pandemic forced Maggie to think deeply about her life and what more she wanted from it. Some days, she entertains the idea that this might be Cheer Up's last dance. Their lease runs out in a few years, and maybe this means they can go out on a high note. It's hard to miss something if it's always there. So, I don't know, if you never die, right? If you get to live forever... It does become like in a vacuum of time. It feels endless. And I don't know, I used to want this to go on forever. But like, there's definitely a beauty to to something being not permanent. By the spring of 2021, the U.S. death toll from COVID-19 was inching towards 600,000 people. And as vaccines were rolled out and it was safe to gather again, Maggie started to plan Cheer Up Charlie's new nightlife. She had an idea to turn the party space into a healing space with shades of colored neon lights. To picture this, you have to understand the landscape that surrounds Cheer Ups. It's nestled by a small cliff of natural limestone that's a backdrop to their outdoor stage. This rock wall makes it feel safe and secluded, an alcove of queerness. One night during the pandemic, Tamara was talking to Maggie about one of her favorite movies, Princess Mononoke, where this mystical forest spirit that keeps to itself in the day turns into a giant translucent phantom at night. We looked at our rock wall one night and she was like, you know, we could be behind that rock wall. Like, you know, we're like that forest spirit. We could be dormant and hibernating. But when we emerge, we're actually enormous. The forest spirit trapped behind the limestone rock wall emerged as an iconic light sculpture that now hangs behind the stage. It's a drawing of a smiling face that's inside a maze. It's adorned with cosmic symbols like a planet, a gem, and an ocean wave. The sculpture was unveiled during the reopening weekend in May 2021. It says so much just on its own. You just look up at it and you're like, wow, <laughs> that that came out of this. You know, it's kind of like the thing that rose out of the ashes. It represents to us how Tamara and I got lost <laughs> and how it took our community actually reciting stories and memories back to us and exchanging those memories with us for us to realize that like, oh my gosh, like people can lead us back to the meaning of why we started this place. Thank you, Maggie, for telling your story, and to Tamara and your entire team for all your work making Cheer Up such a beloved space for the LGBTQ community in Austin. If you're in Texas, make it a point to visit them and say hi. You can follow Cheer Ups on Instagram at Cheer Up Charlie's, and you can find images of their forest spirit light sculpture that Maggie talks about. And if you like this episode, please do us a solid and share it with your network. Follow us or write a review. It makes a huge difference when you do. Not sure if you know that, but those stats really help. We have one more episode on its way to you, and it's a big one. Stay tuned. This episode was produced by Evan Roberts and mixed by Sammy Hiromi. 
Thanks to Marla Lopez, Jessica Hunter, and Adam Palmer. I'm Scott Shigeoka, and thanks for listening.